Welcome to the Mark Howard Broadcast. The Mark Howard Broadcast is a God-driven, God-centered, God-inspired talk show featuring God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I am that I am, your host, Anthony Ford, and it is Wednesday. And it is a great pleasure that I start this new year off with our brother and our friend in Christ, Brother Tony Myers. First, I would like to say to all of the Mark Howard audience around the world, a happy, happy new year and a merry, merry Christmas. And also, I think it is only fair to tell our Mark Howard broadcast audience why we were away so long. It's been almost like three weeks to a month. Both of us had things in in our personal lives that had to be attended to and taken care of. And um, it it just prohibited uh, me at that time from um, from doing the Mark Howard broadcast. But and also on December 15th, my uh, my mother-in-law, who I really was a great mother-in-law, great friend, like a real mother, she developed a COVID. She beat COVID, believe it or not. We prayed. And I must admit, and I must say, it's not admit, that's the wrong word. I must say I had a brother who was so was so above and beyond uh, um, Brother Tony Myers, who was there. I mean, I, I could sense when he prayed. I sensed it. I knew it. And he didn't just say, I'll pray. And, you know, but he he prayed. I knew he was encouraging us. And on, and on a day of the funeral, which was December 23rd, wow, he sent a text and he said, I, I'm praying for you guys. And, I, and, I, and I, I, that really moved us. It really did move us. And Brother Tony was more than just, you know, a, a, a lip serve. He was a friend, a brother, and he was a Christian in the true sense of the word. And I just wanted to tell you that that what happened to us was that um, my wonderful mother-in-law got COVID on December 15th. She beat COVID. Then she got an infection or pneumonia or something. We don't know if it was the protocol. I'm not going into all that. All I'm saying is that on December 23rd, she did tell my sister, no, my sister-in-law, she said, 91 is long enough. I want to go home. And that was it. The same day, I think it was not too long later, she died and she went to be with our father. And that was another thing that happened. So it was a lot of stuff going on between us. And Tony Myers was there. There's things going on in Tony Myers. But I just want to say um, it is a wonderful gift to have a friend in Christ. It's a one, I mean, a real gift. And that's why God said we should love one another as he loved us. And Tony Myers demonstrated that above and beyond. Because I have been through this so many times. I didn't know really what to do this time. I just, you know, you try and support your wife. But anyhow. I just wanted to give Tony Myers the proper credit as a brother and let you, our Mark Howard broadcast audience, know what was happening. We was just going through a lot of stuff at the end of the year, but it's a new year, and I'm wishing you all a happy new year, and I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. And now, without further ado, without me running my mouth, I'll let Brother Tony Myers take over as it is Wednesday. Brother Tony Myers, thank you for gracing once again the microphones for this New Year's of the Mark Howard broadcast. Thank you, Anthony. And this is the first show of 22, 2,222, whatever it is. Uh, And I want to encourage everyone with me and Anthony were talking before this show about some of the teachings I've done here the last the last couple of weeks. Yes. One's on was on prophecy, yeah, and uh, part of that's on the prophetic word. Yes, the prophetic word has changed from the old covenant days. The prophetic in those days, one, it was for certain prophets 
right. designated prophets. Why? Because their words were prophesying about Jesus. That was the time where you had the lone prophets. Well, 2,000 of them, okay? Um, (laughs) (laughs) That comes from Elijah and the cave, of course, for those familiar with it. But there were certain prophets that the Lord came upon and gave specific words to. And many of them, there were negative words, of course, and all that. But in the new covenant, that has so changed. I made this statement before. I'll make it again. I'll continue to make it because it's the truth. Thus saith the Lord, then my ears are off. I'm not going to listen to another word that person is saying. Mm, Come on, brother. And then when they follow it up with a bunch of old covenant starting off, Old Covenant prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm really turned off. What is the prophetic in the New Covenant? It is a word that is meant to motivate, build up, and comfort. Yes, it can entail the future, but only within the design of those things. And there is some exhortation can be some negative, but we have the prophetic word set up as a fortune-telling thing. It's not a fortune-telling thing, folks. It is meant, once again, to build up, to motivate, and to comfort. Now, it can include the future, but that's not the main purpose in it. That's not what God has purposed it for. Right. And so we get so confused, and we think we have to listen to a so-called prophet. No. Here's the thing. We are not the the religion nation of Israel anymore. We are of Israel, who's the true Israelite, Jesus Christ. So yes, we are part of the nation. But the thing is, is God now communicates with each and every one of us. And God will speak prophetically, as I just defined. He will use us to speak encouragement, motivation, and comfort to someone else. And you don't have to be inside of a church building, and you don't have to be the office of the prophet. Mm. Okay? And so this is something we need to get straight. Too often, we think that a prophet is supposed to be foretelling our future so we know what decision. Ask the Holy Spirit what decisions you're supposed to be making. Come on, brother. Now, a prophet, which that is a general term, 
okay? Which can mean anyone. Anyone can speak a prophetic word over you where that's where you use your discerner. Because once a word is spoken over you, you have the choice to accept or reject. That's why you have the Holy Spirit as well. And most of the times, see, we're too busy seeking certain people instead of going straight to the Holy Spirit. He'll tell us. Then he may use someone to give you a word that will confirm it. But instead of running to people that place themselves as prophets, run to the Holy Spirit. Get your answer directly from him. If there is something in the future you need to know about or that he wants you to speak into, he is more than capable of telling you. And then he can confirm it through someone else. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that there is not a part of prophecy within the body of Christ. But too often we go by the old covenant design and not by the new covenant design. So first and foremost for this new year, this word I'm fixing to speak is a prophetic word. And that is, I speak that in this year. Financial doors are open for each and every person. Now, that is a general word of prophecy. Take a hold of it. Every single person can be encouraged by that word. But you have to speak into it. Just because Tony Myers said so, hey, unless you grab a hold of it and take it as what the Holy Spirit is saying for you, nothing will happen. Or if you go around instead of taking a hold of that word, you start speaking negative and your outlook is negative, what are you going to get? The negative. And so one, learn what a true prophetic word is and and words of knowledge fall under a prophetic word. Why? Because now word of knowledge is about something that is present tense most of the time that only you would know about. And so... (laughs) A lot of times, words of knowledge come in play with um, with healing in that I'm given the name of what's going on or I'm shown where it hurts or whatever. There's no way I could know this. So what was that doing? Encouraging you that the Lord wants you healed, raising your expectations, giving you comfort that the Lord is invested in you. That's the whole purpose of the prophetic word in the new covenant. So let's get that totally clear.
but it is up to you if you're given a word now several times in 21 i was given a word about the movie is already funded it's my responsibility to speak into that and to grab a hold of that and if i don't then is anything going to happen probably not so i just want to give clear examples of what the prophetic word is we need to separate it from the fortune telling idea of it although once again yes it can include the future but you've got to grab a hold of it or in negative in cases where the person given the word is way off then reject it you have that power and authority in Christ so i want to make that perfectly clear let's talk about another thing uh that deals with the new year and the other thing is guess what um New Year resolutions. Yes, that's the other one. Right. Now, people often wonder why in the world is it so hard to fulfill New Year resolution because, you know, they're heartfelt. Most time they have to do with exercise. Most time they have to do with losing weight. Most time they have to do something like that, right? Um, and here's a reason. It's all explained in Romans chapter 7 and 8. And I would highly recommend people read it from the Passion because the Passion is a very good translation, especially for these verses. Now, I've been teaching on this a lot lately. So I'm, you know, um, I talked about it Monday night. Uh, well, not this Monday, maybe. I don't know. Anyhow, I've been talking about it quite a bit. But this also applies to our daily lives. Why are you tempted? Because now you're going off of your willpower. But in Romans 7, the whole chapter 7, the whole chapter of 8, it all deals with this. And if we get the understanding that it is pertaining to the law of sin and death, we're doing it on our own power. We are doing it through our own self-effort, through our own willpower, and that's why we keep making decisions and do things that our conscience says no. Why does an alcoholic continually go back to a drink when they know the end result? Right. And that is what chapter 7 explains. That which I would do, I do not. That which I would not do, that I do. 
if you are having a problem in any area of your life, I don't care what area it is. It is because of the law of sin and death. Now I'm going to read this and out of the passion. Chapter 7, verse 5. When we were merely living natural lives, the law, through defining sin, actually awakened sinful desires within us, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. So, number one, if you're having this struggle, you're doing it outside of your identity in Christ. You're having the problem because you have put yourself under the law of sin and death. Which, the King James Version, puts it like this. You are now no longer, you are stricken, you are out of grace. Why? Because of self-effort. All right. So that's clue number one. If you continually struggle with doing something, you haven't released it to Christ yet. You haven't released it to your identity of who you are in Christ. Instead, you made it an obligation, which is what the law does. You must not do this, or you have to do this. So now our self-effort comes into play. Same thing, our willpower. We're trying outside of our identity in Christ We are trying to do it on our own natural existence. Wow. But now we have been fully released from the power of the law. We are now dead to what once controlled us. And our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code. So that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is freedom. Now I have the choice. I can choose life. I can choose death. I've got the power. I am no longer obligated. So what am I going to choose? I'm going to choose to drink coffee instead of a beer. I have that choice. And this is coming from a person that struggled with alcoholism until I knew my identity in Christ. Come on. Now, I do not struggle with it at all. Why? Because I have the choice. And I can make that choice free from obligation. So if you're struggling with alcohol, with pornography, with anything, 
realize, recognize who you are in Christ, <coughs> do you have a choice to drink a beer? Yes, you do. You have that choice. What do you want to do? You are no longer under the obligation. Your flesh ain't got nothing to do with it now. You can make the choice. No, I want coffee instead. Thank you, Jesus. Now the motivation changes from if I drink this, this is what's going to happen. So therefore, I cannot touch this. I cannot drink this. I cannot drink that. Now the heart motivation is, an, is the exact opposite. Now I have the choice. So I choose to drink coffee because I enjoy coffee. Thank you, Jesus. And going on down, the purpose of the law, right? The whole purpose of the law was the catalyst to see how wrong it was for me to crave what belongs to someone else. It was through God's commandment that sin was awakened in me and built its base of operation within me to stir up every kind of wrong desire. For in the absence of the law, sin hides dormant. It's stirred up so we recognize that's why we need Christ. That's why Christ came. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Now, so how do you tell when you're under the law? This is exactly how. I'm a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my conscience, my moral instincts condemn. So do you want to do it? No, you don't want to do it. Do you find yourself doing it? Yes. Then by Paul's definition, you're under the law. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. That is why so many people under the power of alcohol, do they want to do it? No, they don't want to do it. But they are trapped. What's the trap? The law of sin and death. And because of the law of sin and death, now they are under self-effort. They are under self-righteousness because they're trying to do it themselves. And they are stuck in that rat race. And now I realize there's no longer my true self doing it. But the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. 
Wow, that should be relieving so many of you of this. Mm. This weight should be off your shoulders. Hello. So there is an answer. I am sincere. Yes, you are sincere. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. Everybody, take a deep breath. Now let out a big sigh of relief. It's not your true identity, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even though when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God by discerning another power operating in my humanity. Guess what? You're born of the spirit. You're no longer human. You're no longer a mere mortal anymore. Because I give thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Now. I'm going to skip on down. And check this out. This is on 14, chapter 8. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The impulses of the Holy Spirit telling you, don't drink that, don't touch that, don't do... No, the impulse of the Holy Spirit is saying... Choose life. You're no longer under that obligation. Choose life. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have <coughs> received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. So when you know your identity as a son, you see yourself as a son, as the righteousness of God. Now you have the choice and you will act out the righteousness you already possess. 
So it's no longer an obligation of what to do, what not to do. Now you've got a true choice. You can choose the path of life. You choose a cup of coffee. Why? Because you are dead in Christ. And he's living through you. You are his righteousness. You are no longer under that obligation. Amen. Amen. So if you're struggling in an area, change the choice. Change the way you're looking at. You're no longer trying, do not do this, do not do that. But do choose life. Amen. Most alcoholics go back to drinking because they're trying to quit. Instead of, I choose to drink coffee. I choose. Why do why do people get off of diets? Because they're doing a diet out of obligation because they want to lose weight. Therefore, to put it churchy, the flesh rises up and you get off the diet and eat a ton of sugar. Well, guess what? Now you can choose the diet. If you want to be on a certain diet, then choose it. I choose to be on this because I want to be on it. So let this encourage you. Change the way you are presenting the problem to yourself. It is no longer an obligation where you cannot taste, touch. And this is just a little thing to confirm that is in Colossians 2.20. For you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system and powers of this world. Notice, both, because they're really one the same. The religious system and powers of this world, because they're one the same. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and opinions of religion slash powers of this world. For example, there's strict requirements. You can't associate with that person or don't eat that or you can't touch that. These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs are worthless to help you spiritually. Hello? Hello. Which is why when you've got a Firestone, hell and brimstone, firestorm, preaching preacher, and he gets up. Y'all just a bunch of sinners, y'all smoking them cigarettes. Do you know after that sermon, more of the congregation, even those that quit smoking 20 years ago, was smoke cigarette? For real. If you're if you're a preacher. Preach a sermon on, on not smoking. And then pay attention. You'll, you'll see more people than you've ever seen as soon as they get out the church building and light a cigarette because you just place them under the law of sin and death. Woo! Mm. Wow. Same goes 
with all these other problems. So quit placing yourself. You are now under the law of righteousness because he has given you his righteousness. The more you realize that, the more you will act it out. Stick a fork in me. I'm done, Anthony. That was, well, that was quite a strong message for the beginning of the new year. Prophecy, <laughs> resolutions, and everything else. Brother Tony, if you don't mind, would you end us out in prayer for the first prayer of the new year? We'd appreciate it. Be blessed. Be healed. And be a blessing. Well, we've all heard it. Thank you, Brother Tony, for a wonderful message. And um, hey, we're going to say it was great. It was great. Do appreciate all the um the message that you gave today. Thank you so much.